This is Dan from Burlington, Vermont, and I'm tuned in to the new TNN. The following is entirely fictitious. Any similarity to the history of any person living or dead or any actual events is entirely coincidental and unintentional. Except where specifically noted otherwise in the cast and crew credits. All celebrity voices are impersonated and no celebrities have endorsed any aspect of this show. Uh, hello, uh, computer. Uh, this is the Centaur Man, uh, the greatest shooter of the Gloid. Days of shoot game here in Calgary by God, Alberta, Canada. Yeah, I'm talking to my good friend Jenny C. Getting the f- $5 from the computer for talking about being a shooter. And yes, hello everyone. Uh, Johnny C. here again to help out the Centaur Man as we continue to dig through our listener questions here on this brand new edition of Centaur Man. Woohoo! Now, uh, Centaur Man, it's been some time since I came up to visit you here in the Great White North. Uh, but can you bring us up to speed on what's been going on in your life, you know? Uh, when we last spoke, the house, the electricity, uh, the cars, your change drawer, you know, everything was up in the air. You know, the, the lawyer had called, and the, they were, the bank was coming for it all. Uh, of course, at that point, Mrs. Centaur told us that the bank was willing to clear all debts in exchange for you to participate in just one more match. But of course, Dr. Longclaw had advised you that one more match would kill you. And of course, can't believe I'm saying this out loud, Dr. Longclaw, your physician, is indeed a bear that often prescribes picnic baskets as medication. So, uh, you're still alive, and we are sitting here in Centaur House. Uh, Golly, what happened, Centaur Man? Well, you see, Johnny, um, upon uh, further evaluation of our last episode, uh, I came to the conclusion... Mrs. Centaur was perhaps trying to pull the wool over my eyes. Oh, so you you actually listened to the last episode and put all the evidence together that I tried to gather for you while I was sitting here right in front of your face. Uh, but I'm glad that you were able to obtain a means to listen to it and figure it out for yourself. I guess uh, someone here has uh, taken on the title of World's Greatest Detective. Well, not entirely, Johnny. You see... The events were recalled to me uh, uh, by a dear friend that happens to be a listener to the Centaur Man show, and he cleared everything up and told me about the uh, the ruse that was taking place right here in Centaur House for the Mrs. Centaur. Oh, uh, someone you know in your life listens to the show? Well, <laughs> As a Canadian shooter, I've made uh, many friends and acquaintances over the years. Uh, but this particular individual, you probably know Johnny, if not personally, but most likely by their name, uh, Bert Reynolds. Bert Reynolds. Oh gosh, sorry. I'm so- Isn't he dead? Well, Johnny, you see, uh, many years ago, uh, I met Bert Reynolds at uh, Madison Square Garden, where he helped my son defeat 
One of the largest damn shooters I ever held in all of my days. Oh, yes, I recall. Burt Reynolds was the special guest ring announcer at WrestleMania 10, where uh, Bret the Hitman Hart defeated Yokozuna for some World Wrestling Federation-based championship. I recall that. Uh, but I'm pretty sure the ending of that match just saw uh, Yokozuna fall off the middle rope on his ass and Brett just pinned him. Uh, how did Burt Reynolds help? I know he was there. Well, uh, Johnny, who do you think made those turnbuckles so slippery? Uh, you see, at the time, uh, Mr. Burt Reynolds delivered a helping <laughs> of his special sauce, Johnny. See, you know what I'm talking about there. And he took that special sauce and he shot it all over those turnbuckles he did, uh, yeah, based on the fact that uh, within his proximity was one Jenny Garth from the 90210 picture. And uh, Burt Reynolds got really excited, he did, and he just went in the corner and was like, Corner, I want you to take this special sauce all over your face. And ever since then, due to the uh, solidarity he showed to my family, uh, Burt Reynolds and I uh, became the best of friends. And... The night after we made this entire man show, he appeared to me in a vision as I slept what I presumed would be my final sleep. He was able to do this as, uh, of course I'm sure you know, Johnny, but the listeners don't. Uh, all friends of uh, members of the Shooter Society can appear to you uh, once, only once in a vision in your dreams. Uh, of course, they can do this only once, uh, based on the guidelines laid down in the Treaty of Halitosis. It was signed between the ghost people and the Shooter Society in 1892, and, well, Bert came and he warned me about Mrs. Centaur. The Treaty of Halitosis. Between the Shooter Society and the ghost people. All right, Centaur, man, I'll play your game. But, uh, what happened to Mrs. Centaur? Oh, well, you see, uh, Johnny, uh, she's still here, Johnny. In fact, uh, you know, as we're recording this episode uh, to the computer here, uh, you may occasionally hear her screams for mercy and fear. Oh, Centaur Man, please let me down! Holy upside-down woman, Centaur Man! What the hell is she doing hanging from the ceiling? Well, yes, Johnny, uh, you see, uh, she's on day 42 of her stretching punishment. As you can see there in the adjacent room, as you noticed, uh, she is suspended from the ceiling via a rope. As per the guidelines of those that infringe upon members of the Shooter Society, uh, this punishment befalls upon all those that deserve to be stretched, but don't deserve to be stretched by the hands of a shooter. Yes, as always, uh, since the Shooter Society Conclave of uh, 1932 and the punishment certification was again ratified in, I believe, uh, 2009. Okay, well, Sensor Man, are you sure that she's safe up there being stretched by those ropes? Well, generally, uh, my certainty level there, it's just, uh, well, you know, I must admit, uh, well, it's below the threshold of 100%. Uh, uh, but, Johnny, I understand you got some more questions from the people out there in the computer world trying to get to $5. Yes, uh, I have uh, two very interesting letters today. Uh, 
Centaur Man, that God helped me upon further reading I thought might be interesting for our listeners, and God help me, I thought they might reveal a little bit more of this shady past that we seem to just learn more and more and more about every time I show up here. Things I couldn't possibly believe to be true, but somehow keep turning up that way. Uh, Let's go ahead and get started with our first write-in letter. (laughs) I guess that's a bit of an oxymoron there. Write-in letter is the same thing, you know? Uh, Genesee, you should probably not make any jokes. Fair enough. All right, Centaur Man, the first question that's come in today is actually, it looks like, from a fellow Canadian. And I have to be honest with you, sir, unlike some previous messages that we've received, this is actually a recorded message. So I've got it pulled up right here on my phone, and I'm going to play it for you. Will that work? Well, Jenny, uh, I say go on with it. Uh, People want to know all about the shooting. All right, sir. Here we go. I'm going to press play now. Oh, hello, Jason. All right. Dear Da... uh, I mean, Centaur Man. I know it's been many months since we've spoken and you're still angry about the choices that I've made. You've made it very clear that you were against my decision to leave the Shooter Society to pursue other endeavors. But you see, Da... Oh, uh, Centaur Man. I want to know. Who's the best? And the only way I can prove it to myself and all of my fans is to go against 29 other actors and beat them all by tossing them off that set and punching my ticket to be the main event actor in the new reboot of Lonesome Dove. Now the Lonesome Dove fans need someone that can be their hero. And the only man for that job is Luther Root, and that's me. Can you imagine if another Canadian shooter got that role? You know, what if it went to one of those Rougeau brothers? The world is definitely against any of the Quebecers playing that role. Now, I know that giving up my membership into society changes everything. But look at this right here, Daz Centaur Man. Look what I've got pulled up right here on the computer. Take a look. As you can see, I'm on a webpage. It's www.oocities.org Danny D-A-R-C slash Dove slash character slash Luther slash H-T-M My fans have made an entire website about Luther Root statistics. And it says right here, da, if you look at the top, it says right here in 2009, this site was added to the Internet Museum because it's so important to our history. Look, I'll read it for you. I know your eyes ain't working too good. This page is old. We are a museum and an unsorted archive. This page was saved from GeoCities in 2009. And look, there's a picture of me right there playing Luther Root from Lonesome Dove to Outlaw Years. And look, there's such a big fan of me, da, in this museum article, they've even written up a biography for Luther Root. This powerful trapper from the first season will return to Curtis Wells from time to time. His great strength and expertise with guns makes him an invaluable asset. You know, during the last two years, he's been spending more time in Curtis Wells than he used to. Hiring out as a scout, a guide, 
Like Call, he dislikes Moby's rampant development of the town. You know, his backwoods style has evolved a more sophisticated take on life. He's quick with a joke, as he is with a gun. And a good man to have on your side. Just like me! Here's some history for Luther Root. Little's known about Luther. He was a trapper in the first season and took a shining to Claudia Harrell. He's mourning the death of his wife in season one. He's friends with Call. He likes to tease Call. He's possibly had a fling with Enona, and they still remain good friends. Uh, he's a show-off, but a good friend to have in your corner, just like me. He currently works as a stagecoach driver and or stagecoach shotgun. So I'm following my heart, my beaten heart, and I'm not asking you to forgive me, but I'm telling you, I will see you on the TV screen because the excellence of execution is on top. There's a new gun in town. Uh, P.S. Say hi to my brother Oge for me. Uh, love to shoot guy. Alright, Centaur Man, that is the end of the recording, and I know that this must be a shock to you. To hear these words come from this man, and at this time in your life. I'm not for this type of journalism, sir, but I need to know what do you have to say, as you know he is listening. What are your words for this self-proclaimed acting assassin? Yeah, well, uh, do you need... Wait, I gotta be honest with you. I'm not quite sure uh, who this young boy is here on your phone computer. Uh, but it sounded like he said he was gonna leave the shooting society. And you know, Johnny, you can't really ever leave the shooter society. Once you're a shooter, you're a shooter for the rest of your Well, it sounds to me like, you know, he's got a plan in motion. And I have read that based on the success of Yellowstone and shows like it, it's got like a thousand spinoffs, and other properties in the Western genre as well, that Paramount Plus is considering going forward with a remake of Lonesome Dove. And this uh, shoot guy is probably going to be auditioning. Well, Johnny, you know, uh, I am an old man, and sometimes I'm a fool. But I'm not an old fool, Jenny. I might not be able to successfully order a sandwich at the Burger King drive-thru, or even making it to the bathroom without making a mess of the finest Wranglers a Canadian dollar can buy. But what I can do, Johnny, is tell you exactly what's going to happen to this little audition you speak of. Whoa! Well, you sound awfully confident there, Centaur Man. Uh, what do you got going on here? Well, uh, there's a lot going on, Johnny. Let me explain. The vehicle carrying the shoot guy will most likely arrive at Paramount Studios precisely at around 2.07 p.m. on the day of the audition. Now the shoot guy will wait for the driver to open his door before he exits, as is the way of the shooter. But as he steps forward, the driver will trip over his own shoelaces and slam the door into the shoot guy's leg. Effectively, taking his leg right out of his leg. Now, while this would cause pain and discomfort to any man, the intense pain that the shoot guy feels will be threefold. For what is unknown to you until this very moment, Johnny, earlier in the day of the audition, at precisely 8.18 a.m., the shoot guy 
will be sitting at the airport, waiting for his flight to the Hollywood. And a middle-aged man, sitting next to the shoot guy, will spill a pipe and a hot cup of coffee on the shoot guy's leg. Uh, of course, uh, the shoot guy will be wearing jorts, as is his way. So the scalding hot liquid will immediately burn and scar the man, and also create an ungodly and unbearable to witness bubbly skin pus right there on his leg. Now, referring back to the door-related incident, the shoot guy will refuse any assistance walking to the audition, as is the way of the shooter. As the shoot guy sits down in the lobby to wait for the director of the Lonesome Dove, he will be approached by a beautiful young woman that acts as the administrative assistant for the director of Lonesome Dove. Yeah, the shoot guy will immediately become aroused by her womanish ways and make immediate moves towards betting this woman. And he will be successful. But before he's able to complete his transaction, the young lass will view the oozing pus and blood emitting from the shoot guy's leg and she'll shriek with terror. And in the nude, she'll run away to a destination that's as far and away from the shoot guy as she could possibly get. This sequence of events will render the shoot guy not only with a case of the bluest bowls he ever did see, but with a complete lack of self-confidence as well. And so, when he walks into that audition, the director will see only a sad man with no confidence, a god-awful limp, and the most disgusting green who does a burned pussy ever did see in all your days. Now, how do I know all this to be true? Well, Johnny, look closer. The middle-aged man at the airport will actually be Barry Davis, silver medalist from the 84 games in the freestyle shooting category. The man that drives the car to the audition? <laughs> Tank Abbott, UFC 6 runner-up and a former WCW shooter. The girl in the administration for the director of Lonesome Dove is really Christy Barnes, the first ever female shooter to compete at Bayside High School. You see, Johnny... We are everyone, we are everywhere, and most likely, we'll stretch you to the end of your days, we will, cause we're some shooters. Uh, Centaur Man, my god, I'm simultaneously frightened, amused, but ultimately I suppose I'm impressed. Well, yeah, Johnny, the, uh, the Shooter's Society is a pathway to many abilities that some consider to be unnatural. Wait a minute, isn't that from... I can see clearly now that the rain is gone. It's not raining out there, Johnny, did you notice? Uh, but more importantly, uh, Genesee, I can see clearly that you now understand the power of the Shooter's Society. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm impressed by that, too, but mainly, I was talking about how you made that creepy conspiracy music play while you were talking. Well, Johnny, you see that, uh, 
So are you really going to do all those things to ensure that the shoot guy doesn't get the role in the Lonesome Dove reboot? Well, Johnny, uh, we could do all of that. Uh, you know, reach out to the various shooters and get them into position to ensure the outcome of which is most desired. But at the end, you know, we probably won't. Mm, might be for the best. I mean, it sounded very involved, very expensive, heavy on resources. And you know, if the shoot guy hears this episode before the audition, it's probably not even going to work. Those are wise words, Johnny C. But none of those are really concerned. Uh, truth of the matter is that, uh, well, he'll probably just blow the audition on his own. Have you ever seen that guy act, my God, it's one of the saddest things you see in all your days. Eh, touche. Jenny, I appreciate the offer. Uh, but those days are long behind me. I'm sorry? Well, you said, uh, touch me. And I'll say this, Jenny, you're a handsome feller. One of the most handsome fellers I've seen in all my days on the God's green earth by Joe. But, uh, uh, these days I only shoot on shooters. Uh, uh... Is it safe to say that there may be unresolved issues between yourself and this man? No, no, the, the last man that said touch me uh, was very understanding that our relationship would not proceed further after the touching. No, I was talking about our fan that wrote in. Uh, Jenny, have I ever told you about the time my daughter got taken from behind? Well, I presume that at this point it might be time to move on to our next letter. Oh, for God's sakes, Johnny! You gotta help me! You're not one of these crazy shooters! You're a good boy! Would your mother want you to leave an old woman up here hanging from the ceiling? Oh, come on, Johnny! Hey, what's your favorite meal? If you let me down, I can make it for you! Uh... Well, gosh, Mrs. Centaur, uh, you see, one of the core tenets of journalism is, is to not get involved in the story that you're covering, and also, I don't know if you've noticed this here, but it appears that the Centaur Man is brandishing a rather large and sharp rhino horn that he's produced from God knows where. And so, you know, it just, it just really wouldn't be proper to uh, become a part of the story. I, I just need to help tell the story. Yeah, you know, Jenny, that uh, it's good, uh, because a man's nothing without their integrity. It's a wise decision you made, one of, the, one of the wisest in all your days. You're a fucking twat, Johnny C. You too, Centaur Man. A plague on both your houses! Can you at least get me a drink? Oh, my God! Uh, so our next letter is actually... Uh, you know, from a fan, and they have a very interesting question that I think will help us all get back on track. Dear Centaur Man, it's so amazing to hear all of the interesting stories from your life as a member of the pro wrestling community. Oh, and then in parentheses they put Shooter Society, wink wink, LOL. As a lifelong fan, it's amazing to get this type of backstage information especially from a living legend like yourself. My question 
revolves around the 1994 Survivor Series, as I am a huge fan of Bob Backlund and his traditional style of wrestling. Forget that Attitude Era stuff. At the event, I noticed that yourself and Mrs. Centaur Man were seated at the ringside area for a majority of the show. Bob Backlund's match aside, were there any other matches that caught your eye? Thank you so much for the show, and I can't wait to tune in for every new episode. Your biggest fan, Moira Octavia Ingalls from the UK, and the smiley face emoji. Finally! Finally, Centaur Man, just a normal question from a regular person about events that are real and actually transpired. Uh, Centaur Man, what do you think? Centaur Man? You may get they know. Uh, who? Moira? From the letter? Yes, they sure do know. They know that you uh, had a hand in that submission-style match uh, with Bob Backlund at Survivor Series 94. And sure, I may not be a massive fan of that encounter, but I do love uh, your dramatic performances. You son of a bitch! You bite your tongue, you! Hey, hey, whoa! Get your hands off of me! I got a fleet of lawyers, pal! They sent you, didn't they? Didn't they? Uh, sir, please, calm down. What are you talking about? Johnny C, in all your days, you'll never say a more important set of words in your entire life. You shut your mouth and repeat after me, you good damn computer boy, or I'll stretch you so bad you'll wish it was the end of your days. Okay, okay. Sure thing, sir. What do you want me to say? Speak the following phrase. Bear hug? Chin luck, go home. Bear hug, chin lock, go home. Hmm. Well, Johnny, you didn't die, uh, uh, so it looks like you're in the clear. Oh, okay. Pardon my French. What the fuck? Like, can we just stop for a second and slow down? What is going on? We finally got a question. That is about an actual show where you may have actual information, and you just about killed me. Okay? What is going on? Well, Jenny, you gotta understand that uh, the phrase you've just repeated, Jenny, it's the secret code known only by members of the Shooter Society. What it is is the key, the formula for the perfect studer match. And it is also the only weapon we have against our greatest enemies, Mo. Mo. Like the bartender. Most haven't. That guy? Mo for the Simpsons? Jenny, look past the words. Read the name again. You know, from the computer thing with the words on it. Moira Octavia Angles. Yes, Jenny. M O E. Those are the initials of the greatest enemy the Shooter Society has ever known. The Masters 
of entertainment. You see, Jenny, they are another secret clan formed in 1984 in direct opposition to the ways of the Shooter Society. They believe that shooting is boring and stretching doesn't get the job done neither. All they want to see is glitz and glamour and people jumping higher than an inch off their feet by God. If they had their way, the art of shooting would no longer exist. The formula I gave you, bear hug, chin lock, go home, is indeed the formula for a perfect match. And members of MOE cannot say it, or else they burst into more flames than you ever see in all of my days. Now you're getting the picture, Jenny C. Computer Boy. I, uh, I, alright. I'm sorry, sir. I just, I mean, I've gone along with a lot of things. Okay? Mrs. Centaur Man is right there hanging from the ceiling, and I've done nothing about it. So in order to go with this MOE Masters of Entertainment thing, okay? Alright? I'm gonna need something. Alright? Do you have any proof to back these outrageous allegations, if I'm being kind? Jenny, well, I thought you'd never ask. You see, in 1989, five years after the formulation of Mo, in Atlantic City, USA, various members of the organization held a secret conclave at the Plaza Hotel in Atlantic City. Unbeknownst to Mo, a member of the Shooter Society infiltrated and wore a video recording device. Now, Johnny, as we by God live and breathe, there's only one known copy of this footage. And it's right here. In your pants. You're pointing to your dick region. There is footage of a secret conclave from 1989 of the Masters of Entertainment, sworn enemies of the Shooter Society, in your pants. I am the sworn custodian of this footage, Johnny. And as such, I uh, keep the copy right here in my pantaloons, next to my coin purse, as one might say. Uh, you see, for only a shooter could ever reach that location by stretching me and getting their hands in there and by God, that's not going to happen or else I'll stretch them to the end of their teeth. Here, let me get it. Uh, oh, uh, mother, uh, can you help me? You know, he's hanging from the ceiling. Let me just zip this. <clears throat> Reach in here and uh, yeah, yeah. All right, Johnny, there it is. Yeah, go ahead and put this tape in the VCR. There, it still works. Uh, I, I'm really not 100% behind touching that tape, sir. Jenny, it's the only way. Oh, God. Fine, give it to me. Oh, God! Oh, it smells like all-dressed Ruffles potato chips. Oh, Jesus! Fuck! Ah. All right, it's in there. It's in the, it's in the VCR. Oh, I can breathe. All right, let me go ahead and press play. Uh, sir, what am I looking at here? It looks like a... A medieval dungeon with a large round table. Shades of the Knights. You know, Knights of the Round Table. Holy shit, it says Mo on the table now. And 
it looks like our point of view is walking towards them. You're telling me that you had a person infiltrate this organization and they're about to sit at this table and there's going to be a secret meeting? Johnny, Johnny, hold on, hold on, look. He's walking towards the chairs now and he's sitting. Oh my God, is that who I think it is? Johnny, Johnny, put your microphone to the TV so the computer can hear. The tape will tell the tale. All right, sure thing. Here we go. Let's get up. Fans, I'm trying to get some volume here. All right. Here we go. Welcome, everyone, to Atlantic City. Welcome to the place where dreams become true. Welcome to the greatest meeting of entertainment-based minds in the world of sports entertainment. Welcome to the MOE. Conclave 89! Alright! Okay, alright. Uh, now it looks like everyone uh, is here. We've all been seated. Uh, before we can get started, did all of you visit the snack area? I don't want anyone getting up during the meeting. Alright, looks as if you're all nodding in approval. Uh, as is tradition here, the masters of entertainment, uh, we shall begin with a roll call. Uh, so when I say your name, Please answer in the affirmative. First off, the World Wrestling Federation. Oh, actually, can we change that to entertainment? Oh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, the new WWF champion, ladies and gentlemen, Hulk Hogan. In the affirmative. Uh, Terry, uh, simply here or present is fine. Well, let me tell you something concrete, dude. I've been paying attention since this meeting began, brother. And you said to answer in the affirmative. And I know that all my Hulkamaniacs back at home heard it, dude. And they've been sending me cards and letters for months telling me that that's the right answer. All right there, Ontario. In the interest of time, uh, should we just go ahead and move on? Oof. All right. Uh, next here on the roll, Bobby the Brain Heenan. McMahon, look at this Hammenegger with the bandana on. Whose side is he on? He belongs out there with the humanoids. He's a moron. Hey there, weasel dude. Vince McMahon is my friend. He's no moron. The defense rests, your honor. All right, all right. Settle down now. We're all professionals here, and I would believe, notwithstanding that Mr. Hogan has been a shining example of entertainment-based wrestling, of world wrestling nature, some would say... He's helped us make this whole damn thing a reality. His presence here is a disgrace. It's not fair to... Move it on now. All right. Bobby the Brain, just calm down. Uh, up next here on the roll call. Oh, yeah, there he is. The Doctor of Style. Slick. Well, any McMahon brother. You know I got to be here in Atlantic City, where only the finest of threads can be purchased. And let me tell you, Hulkmania, I too am wondering how you got in here today. All right, all right. Can we please, everyone? If we can't get through the roll call, we won't be able to talk about the potential... Uh, for new dynamic potentials in the realm of pay-per-view and direct-to-consumer, catalog-based, uh, video-cassette consumption of an affordable nature. Uh, so can we all please now? Hmm? All right. Next, the mysterious and devious Mr. <laughs> Excuse me there. Master.
Dr. Fuji! Hulk Hogan, you are lucky that I am so tired from winning the WrestleMania 5K race. Or else I would order my Yokozuna to destroy you. Come on! Come on, you yellow belly! Come on! Uh, Fuji? Looks like you're about four years early with that reference. Notwithstanding, let's put that one in the old back pocket. Save it for later, shall we? If we say by Yokozuma, my Yokozuma, not Fuji? And last, but certainly not least, ha-ha, our man on the inside, joining us in our mission to destroy the Shooter Society and the competition over in the NWA, Mr. Jim Ross! A present! Whoa, dude! Jim Ross, brother! You got me a present for winning back my WWF title, dude! Well, you shouldn't have, but since you did, where is it? Uh, well, uh, there, uh, uh Terry, uh, Hulkster, I was just saying that I was well, that I'm, I'm here at the old conclave, you know, uh, for the MOE with the present, you know, I'm accounted for, like I'm present, uh, you see what I'm trying to say here? Hey, if that beach bomb is getting a present, I want one too! The Heated family's been responsible for carrying the workload of the wrestling and entertainment. We've got the Intercontinental Championship now, and we're gonna be doing all the damn work! Alright, alright! Knock it off, all of you, Jim. Thank you for joining us on such short notice. Now, gentlemen, as you all know, uh, for the last few years here, uh, we've been using you managers as mouthpieces to help accentuate the entertainment value of some of our, well, uh, let's say, verbally challenged roster members to make sure that their dreadful sports entertainment matches are not putting the crowd to sleep. And we found that fan response, well, to your talking segments, uh, excuse me there, uh, Mr. Jim Ross, I couldn't help but notice as I was speaking, as it was my turn, uh, that you're sweating profusely. And you seem to be constantly adjusting your breast pocket there, as if you were trying to capture some entertainment-based imagery with a camera. Uh, kind of like one that we would potentially use in many of our engaging World Rossling Federation-based programming. And now, as I've begun speaking to you, Mr. Ross, uh, it appears that your eyes are darting around. As if perhaps you were scanning your visual range for the nearest exit. Uh, no there, Vince. I- I'm doing fine. Uh, it's just a little hot in here, you know. I noticed that uh, instead of any lights, any light bulbs or anything like that, y'all are burning some torches there on the wall. And, you know, that's probably what's doing it. Uh, you know, we don't get too many open flames back at old Oklahoma. You know what I mean there, Vince? I see. Uh, Jim Ross. Well, and when I say I see, what I mean is I hear what it is that you're saying to me. After all, I have ears uh, that interpret vibrations, translate those vibrations into sounds of a language-based nature. Uh, but it sounds like you said, Mr. Ross, no, uh, notwithstanding, that you're, you're not used to an open flame. Whereas I'm sure you know there have been countless moments throughout the course of our relationship where you have spoken incessantly about the proper ways to season, prepare, dare I say, cook entrees of a barbecue nature over an open flame. Therefore, notwithstanding, I uh, would imagine that these open flames here on the wall, from our torches, uh, would not cause you to sweat profusely, but rather make you feel at home. Therefore, notwithstanding, is there perhaps something else that's bothering you? Uh, no, sir. Oh, God. No, I'm fine. I'm just excited. 
You know, we got some really important things to talk about. You know, making sure that our great sport moves forward. Hey, wait a minute, Vince. He's, are you starting a sports league, dude? Uh-huh. Hulk Hogan, uh, sports league, sounds interesting. Uh, but no, Hulkster, not presently. I believe that Mr. Ross was referring to sports entertainment, perhaps. Oh, yeah, that's what I said. Or what I meant. I mean, what I meant to say, just a little hot. Uh, it's a sports entertainment. I'm all for it, Vince. Let's get on with sports entertainment. All right. Well, glad we could clear that up. Uh, now, as all of you are aware here at this fifth annual meeting of the Masters of Entertainment, I had all of you prepare a list of uh, potential ways that we could abolish wrestling uh, from our shows. And looking around the room here, I see you all have lists prepared. Uh, why don't we start with you, Mr. Ross? Uh, you sure you don't want to let everybody else talk first, Vince? Well, I did say, Mr. Ross. Oh, uh, well, you know, if, uh, if all you, uh, if all you folks around here at the table here at the Masters of uh, Entertainment Conclave, you know, if you could talk loudly and clearly, uh, in my direction, uh, about your ideas to kill, uh, wrestling, I think it would inspire me, uh, to really come up with the best list that I can. <laughs> well, Jim, uh, that's a hard no. Go ahead and get us started with your list. Oh, okay, Vince. Well, I got a list here. Uh, one of these things, uh, oh, here it is. I just, uh. Scribble to hit down this napkin here. Uh, number one. Well, uh, would two men, uh, giants of our industry, uh, slam one another, uh, maybe we should talk extensively about their background in the realm of collegiate sports. No, 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 no that's not good. Okay, well, uh, that's all right. That's all right, Vince. You said make a list. I made a list. Uh, number two. Uh, we should probably, uh, stop the boys here. Uh, gosh, Vince, it's really hot. Using this napkin to wipe my face. Uh, well, Vince, it's done smeared the ink on my napkin here. Uh, well, I'll tell you what we really need. Folks, do we really need, uh, to be coming up the top rope? I mean, when you're a two-time Cotton Bowl All-American from Wichita State. I mean, well, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say here, Vince, is the top rope is, uh, well, uh, you know, Vince, by golly, let's just go to number three here. Uh, fans, let me tell you something. Uh, the WWF Top Ten. Uh, a, a, a top 10 list. Uh, you know, we could do a top 10, like a ranking uh, of who's good, uh, like uh, they do in a, uh, JR. Like a top 10 list, like uh, David Letterman. Uh, you know, like the top 10 ways I know you're full of shit. <laughs> yeah, David Letterman. Oh, uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So was, that's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, entertainment stuff. You know, I was definitely not going to say uh, a top ten like they got in the NCWA uh, by any stretch of any any imagination. Uh, Jim Ross, the uh, the Shooter Society sent you, didn't they? You're some kind of a double double agent here at the Conclave of the Masters of Entertainment. Uh, I'm, I'm safe to assume. Uh, well, Vince, I gotta tell you, we're, we're running out of time. Uh, the match was for TV time remaining only. And, and look at there, Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Oh, he clipped him. He clipped him. Fans, uh, TBS, 605 Eastern. All right, uh, that's quite enough. Uh, Hawkster, uh, would you, uh, kill him, please? Good God Almighty, fans, 605 Eastern on TBS. You gotta do the... And, uh, well, uh, there, Johnny C, uh, as you can see, that is where the, uh... The video recording ends, but, uh, well, it, it is certainly, uh, conclusive evidence, you might say, of a conspiratorial, uh, meeting of, uh, people. Oh. My. God. So Jim Ross was your double agent. He made it appear 
that he was switching sides from the NWA to the WWF, when in reality, he was working for you, trying to enhance pro wrestling across the spectrum. Jenny, that was quite poetic. But yes, it is uh, very true. But if they killed him, how is he still alive today? Well, uh, Johnny, they didn't necessarily kill him, per se. Uh, they just wiped his mind of all the events, and uh, he continued about his business. Luckily, though, what everybody didn't know was that the camera in his breast pocket was actually sending a secret signal to a secret video cassette that was up his ass. And later, of course, I uh, approached Jim Ross in the NWA territories I did, and I said, Mr. Ross, it's nice to meet you. I'm the centaur man, and I'm a shooter, and I shot the leg and took his pants off and got that tape right out of his ass, I did. And put it down my own pants, I did, by God. Jeez. I, uh, I have to admit, centaur man, when I'm, when I'm right, I'm right. But when I'm wrong... I'm wrong, and sir, I, I was wrong. I, I wouldn't have believed it without the videotape evidence, but I've sat here and seen it with my own two eyes, and, uh, I'm sorry. Yes, all right, Jenny. There's no need for apologies. Sometimes the real world's crazier than the things you see on TV. Huh. Isn't that the truth? However, I have to say, having seen the video evidence and reread the letter, I, I, I'm really thinking that the Mo from the UK who asked us the question is probably not a member of the Masters of Entertainment. I mean, that's a pretty heavy-hitting roster, and, you know, this is, seems like an innocent question about a random wrestling pay-per-view, which, again, is a nice change of pace. You know, before we step out here... Do you want to maybe answer her question? Of course, Jenny. And to Mo, I want to apologize as well. I've learned something from my good friend Johnny C. It's just that... Just, well, I apologize for not believing you, but here's why I didn't at first. And this is a little lesson that I want everybody to hear real loud and nice and clear. It's been my entire life in a shoot game. Shooting for the fans. Shooting for even old Mrs. Centaur. And shooting for the little centaur babies that we had. And it was worth every ounce of blood, sweat, and tears doing it too. Being a shooter for the glory of the country of Canada and for the glory of my heart. And for knowing that I could stretch people beyond their wildest dreams until the end of their days meant everything in the world to me. And I was not willing to see it all fall apart to sports entertainment, by God. The shoot game, as long as I'm alive, will remain pure. And it'll be about a couple of guys shooting, stretching, and screaming, and showing out tough they really are. And Mo, to answer your question, I really enjoyed another match at the Survivor Series. It's all the royal family tag on the clowns are as it did, and I met some good friends that I'd know for the rest of their days, and the cheesy and the 
sleazy and queasy. Fuck your mother, Johnny C, for leaving me up here!